Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Interstate Heating. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Oh, welcome, folks, to the second hour with Dan Bush, Tom Neubauer, Brendan on the boards today. Uh, we come to you live every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are unrehearsed. That's why it's such a wacky show sometimes. But we do travel into Wisconsin's great outdoors with all kinds of interesting topics. And if you have one to share, you can always call us at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. You can also reach us by email which is CEOguys at yahoo.com. You can uh, stream us live at 1057fmthefan.com, or you can always go to our website, which is CEOguys.com. Well, Danny, we're reloaded. Yeah. So we just loaded up our coffee cups. I got some things here. You got some things. What things you got? Well, um, <laughs> the Wisconsin DNR got? is starting a new category for record fish. Oh, yes, I read about this. Tell it. It's going to be uh, catch and release. And uh, now we got a lot of categories for record fish now. We got the Hayward area up there that they got one for 20-pound line, 10-pound line, yeah. sewing thread. Pound test. Whatever, whatever. Weight, it, it, you catch got, and release, inches. Got, yeah. So now the DNR is going to do a— For just Wisconsin, right? Yeah, yeah a catch just, and release. And it's going to require that you take a picture of the fish— on a, on a measuring device, yeah. then there has to be a picture of you holding the fish. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to have witnesses, but then the picture of you holding the fish, um, that might be kind of difficult to pull and off. They, they have, they have, uh, um, they have re- uh, uh, length requirements, you know, the, the, the base, you know, where like largemouth bat, yeah, they, uh, a walleye has got to be a minimum 28 inches or better. Largemouth bass has got to be a minimum, I think it was 22 or 23 inches or better. 
So, and I forget what smallmouth was, but they have a minimum length that you can send in. You Not know, that you're sending in an 18-inch bass or something. You well, know. you could say you held the record for a minute if you were the first one yeah. who sent in a, pic, no, they, uh, a fish. Yeah, they do have and, minimums. On and um, so it's on the honor system. Yep. You Then you can fill in the application either online. You can do it or mm-hmm. send it in. Right. And you can actually get the applications. So I guess yeah, it's nice that they're trying to promote catch and release. Mm-hmm. Myself, personally... I don't know. I, you know what? I, I, I'm not big into it. But you know what? If if I were to catch, you know, I think muskie is at 50 inches is the minimum you can send in. But I think, you know, if you catch a big fish in any one of the categories, you know, yeah, why not? You know, big, you know why not? You know send what it I in? would prefer? Rather than, why not just do it for like a kid's division? Just do a. Well, they might. Just for have kids, a, you know, do something to give something. them a yeah, chance to get a record mm-hmm. record fish. Uh, the other thing that the DNR did do that I didn't realize is, uh, you know, they used to have the uh, trout stamp contest, Wisconsin. Yeah. In fact, they'd have all kinds of stamp contests. Mm-hmm. But then I guess they got away from those. Well, no, they still did them, even though you didn't really put them on your license anymore. Right, right. Uh, the old days. They when, still yeah, have a stamp yeah, you, you, competition for but artistry. Now, but they they brought back the stamp trout stamp contest a couple years ago and they made it open for uh, high school kids oh okay yeah so and they're trying to promote it you got to be grades 9 through 12 mm-hmm. or something like that so i think it's just for the high school kids to compete and uh, i saw some on the dnr website some really good ones mm-hmm. done by some uh, pretty good high school artists so i think that's a great program you know i'm impressed with with artists because uh people who can draw things that or paint things that actually look like a photograph, you know. I mean, I, I'm just. Imp- I mean, my stick men don't even look like stick men, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, I'm just you impressed. Suck as with bad these. as I do. Yeah, I'm impressed with these people well, who can do that. I'm the type that when I draw draw something, you know, they'd probably have a psychologist lock me up because, like, if it's if it's missing the hands or like, <laughs> well, you know, what if your hands are rot, fingers my, are shaped my, wrong. My, the psychologists find all kinds of weird things in that. My drawings look I'd like a, a Warshak test. What what's that called? A Warshak test. Warshak. Yeah, yeah, where the where ink they show you those the ink blots, ink blots. Yeah, what do you see? Yeah, what do you see? Here? Hey, I don't know. One of the funniest parts of uh, what about uh, Bob? Was it the one where uh, Bill Murray's? Yeah, the crazy guy and and Richard, what's his Dreyfus was the one psychologist. Remember oh yeah, that yeah, one? yeah, 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 yeah. What about Bob? Yeah, what about something about Bob? Yeah, right. So yeah. anyway, he tries to get Bob locked up in the mental hospital, right? And he, Bob gets out, but. One of the things Bill Murray's sitting telling jokes to all the other mm-hmm. inmates there, and they, they ask him, they showed him the ink blots, and he says, you know, what what do you see? He says, sex. Uh, what do you see? Sex. It, it finally, the guy says, all you think about is sex. He goes, well, you're the one showing me the dirty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that movie, I, remember I told you how I, I wasn't too enthralled with Bill Murray? That was a funny one that I liked him in. I liked okay. him a lot in that one. That and and I just saw an old Bill Murray movie where he did a serious part. He was actually a good serious actor. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Robin Williams was known for his comedy. But Robin Williams was a great, serious actor when he played psychos in I, some of those movies. I believe Tom Hanks early on yeah. was a comedy yeah. guy. Yeah, and then Joe and the Volcano. Yeah, Joe and the Volcano. <laughs> Who do you got there, Brendan? Who's calling us? We've got Ron in New Berlin. Okay, hey, good morning, Ron. How you doing today? Good morning. How are the three amigos? Hey, hey we're just fine. We're, we're doing good. 
Okay. Say, uh, Danny, you ready to go turkey hunting? Is yep. it legal in Wisconsin for deer hunters and turkey hunters to, uh, to use a drone to scout the fields and woods? No, that's a fantastic question. Uh, and I don't know the answer to that one. Now, I have heard uh, from some, I can't recall who, but somebody did tell me that there were some people that have been starting to do that type of thing. Not just for that, but deer hunting or one whatever. Of my, one of my friends did that. He, he's got a drone, and over his property, he'd fly it, and he could, you could see the deer down there. He'd have recordings of it, and you could see where the deer were. Yeah. So, like, you could... Doesn't mean they're going to be there when you get there. You could have it fly over a marsh, and if there's snow and you can, you know, you're not going to spot every deer, Mm -mm. but you could almost, before you make your drive, have a drone go over the top and figure where they're at. You know what? We're going to have to ask the warden, Matt Grappi or Blaine Zarek about that, all right? Sounds good. Do that. We'll ask them. Thanks. Thanks for calling, Ron. Personally, I think it should be illegal myself yeah that's kind of like well you know years ago they used to not let you use electronic calls you couldn't hunt with the aid of any kind of electronic device and stuff well man this is taking the the drone thing's taking it to a whole new level oh definitely definitely yeah i I don't know hey there's something i gotta bring up real quick not to change the topic or anything but um, i didn't even know we were on i went i i when have we ever been on you know, one of our advertisers and sponsors is uh, Jiffy Overhead Garage Doors, mm-hmm. and and I I was going through. I went on our website, and if you go on the CEO dot com uh, CEO guys dot com website, and you you'll see it if you click on sponsors, you'll see all our advertisers logos. Okay, and you click on that, it'll take you right to their site. You know. So I was clicking on different ones to see what's on there. And when I clicked on uh, JiffyDoor.com, JiffyDoor.com, this is, I I think a lot of people who are like me will like to know this. He's got coupons on there. You You know, he's got coupons to save if you got a garage door opener, garage door, whatever it is. Yeah, he's got coupons on JiffyDoor.com. And I thought... Well, what isn't that great? That's wonderful. Tom. I didn't know about that when That's I got my new wonderful. garage door. <laughs> I hate coupons, Tom. Hey, I hate coupons. It's gonna save you me some money. You get stuck in the goddamn grocery store behind some lady with a hundred coupons. Well, You're I don't in a hurry. I don't clip coupons, but my wife does, and she, then she gives them to me to himself to another you. lane, another aisle, so I can get through. I had a buddy of mine one time. <laughs> He, he was the most impatient man in the world. And I was in line at a Woodman's in Madison with him years ago. And this lady came. By the time she got to the eighth or ninth coupon, he goes, here. He just handed the lady a $10 bill and says, put your coupons away. Here's 10 bucks. Please just check out. And she did. <laughs> oh, she put her coupons away and took the 10 bucks. Oh. And moved on through. I'd do that too. You wouldn't give anybody 10 bucks. No, no, no. I would, take the, I would take the $10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, Brendan, something on your mind. Yeah, we had a caller. I uh, yeah. wanted to know how the DNR would go about enforcing a no drone policy. I, Shotguns. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Long range, three and a half inch, full choke, magnum, uh, and it doesn't have to be steel loads. Or just, get, just give Danny Bush a 20- Matter of fact- Maybe they'd hire some wealthy single straight landowners from Douglas County to be the drone shooter. I would say, give, I'll be a drone sharpshooter. I said, give, call me in. Boom, down it goes. Yeah. Give Danny Bush a twenty-two rifle, and he'll take care of him. 
Well, that'd be pretty tough. But a 22, be, well, 23, that'd be a would be challenge. A, they're but slow. I don't think we want to shoot a... a no, Once again, on the cutting edge outdoors, always stressing safety. Do not fire rifle bullets straight up into yeah, the air. Don't, yeah, you never but know where they're going to fall shotgun, down. Shotgun, yeah, the drone shooters. <laughs> or, yeah, I don't know. Or they... you have a, a drone jamming device that when you oh. employ it, it causes it to lose its it electronics. Drops. And it drops it like a falls. drops like a stone. You know what? I you know what? I think I read something that there is something like that already. There is there. Yes, yes. Because I a drone destroyer. Yeah, it's kind of it's a jamming signal like that the military uses okay. in in the jets and all that, in the mm-hmm. fighter jets. There's some kind of jamming device that, or what's that thing called? The AWACS, that thing that flies around. It's got all the. I'll bet the remote stuff. control for my TV would work because it jams my TV too. It See? doesn't work on anything, so See? it'll dram, jam a it would dram, jam, jam a drone. <laughs> jam oh jam a, jam a drone. Jam a drone. I think you take that so you don't get seasick. Actually, I've taken maybe you could jam write a drone a, before. Maybe you could write a song like that. Jam a drone. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a sexy rap story. Hey, um, so yeah. drones. That's a good question. Uh, what else was I going to mention? Oh, the DNR, speaking of spending money, yeah, I believe they got another 26 or 28 elk from Kentucky again this year. Tom, yep, and they're yep. putting them up there. Yeah, more, yeah, more gonna food help for the wolves. And I was looking at all the different agencies that are contributing for this. All the money, it's coming. The Ho-Chunk Nation up there is contributing. The U.S. Forest Foundation. All these foundations. Um <laughs> I got an idea of someone that might uh, might donate to them. Friends of Wolves Limited. Why don't yeah. you call them? I'll bet you they'd be pretty damn happy to give you all the money you need for more elk up yep. there as they can. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I read about that. And some of them, how many of the 27 were in the process? They were going to calf. They were going to, they're pregnant already or something like that. Weren't they pregnant? And I don't know. That they're going to drop in Wisconsin. Drop the foal in Wisconsin. Gonna drop in Wisconsin. I don't. I don't know. And they're mostly up around Clam Lake yeah. and Ashland. Yeah, way up there. Stuff. Way up there. Yeah. I don't well, know. I, hey, wolves got to eat too. Come wolves on. Wolves got to eat too. But <laughs> I don't know. Are, are, is this elk herd ever going to be something that we can actually go hunt? I don't know. Because if we can't really even go hunt oh. them eventually, I don't know if I'm all too thrilled you about know, it. I'll make this quick because we got to go to a break. But. Uh, did you read about, now I forget what little island it is, It is. it's up by Superior, some little island, that there's too many moose on this island, okay, too many moose, so instead not, of giving, you know, selling a few licenses for not, hunters not to Isle go. Not Isle Royal. No, I, I don't, I don't, or one of I the don't Apostle remember. Islands? I'm not sure which, it must be a pretty decent sized island, but they have too many moose, and so instead of selling some licenses where guys can go in and thin the herd, you know, shoot right. a few moose and thin it, no, they're they're going to transplant a wolf pack, put a bunch of wolves on the island to reduce the number of moose. Well, it sounds well, like... I, 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 I don't Royal, understand that. Isle Royal used to be, a, from what I understand, uh, and if any of our listeners have more knowledge about this, they could give us a call at 799-1250. But uh, for years, I believe Isle Royal was one of those rare, isolated ecosystems where there was a balance of wolves and moose mm-hmm. to study, and there were no other factors. I mean, yeah. being as it was an isolated population, right, right. and it was uh, it was kind of a fascinating research right, right. project for a lot of years to look at that. Yeah. But then I did hear something about either... 
the wolves all being gone or the moose all being gone or something. Yeah, so. I, I, but I, I just read this within the last couple of weeks. But I, like I said, I'm not sure what the name of the island was, but there were too many moose. So instead of allowing some hunters to go in and harvest some to bring the moose population down, right? instead they're going to you know, give a free lunch to a pack of wolves. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. But we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, folks, I'm going to tell you if we – I'll tell you what. If we had a winner or a loser in the Larry Smith uh, Outdoors Badger Sportsman Contest of the I'll Tell You What Under and Over. We'll be right back with more. Back with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Interstate Heating right out there in Sussex. 799-1250 is the phone number. We need a contestant for the Larry Smith Outdoors. I'll tell you what, under and over. 799-1250. If you are correct, you will win a one-year subscription to the Badger Sportsman magazine. Now, last week... Our contestant, Larry, we had the under and over at eight and a half. He picked nine or over. Through the whole show, Larry Smith only said, I'll tell you what, five times. Then in the last two minutes, he popped out four of them. (laughs) So Larry is a lucky winner of a one-year subscription to the Badger Sportsman magazine. So now we need a contestant. We got one? We got one. We got Tim here who wants to participate. We got Tim. All right. Good morning, Tim. Morning. Do you do you watch Larry Smith Outdoor Show? Yeah, every, every week. Yeah, okay. So you know he says that. I'll tell you what. Every Quite right. a bit, right? All right. I quite think. A bit. Huh? Quite a bit. Yeah. So we're going to keep the under and over at eight and a half. So do you think he's going to say at nine or over or eight or less? I'm going to go over. You're going to do the nine plus over. Okay. Tim, we'll be watching tomorrow. We'll be counting, and we'll see how many times he says it. Did you notice last week how he ripped off like four of them in the last two minutes? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought the guy was going to lose, this Larry guy, but he won because Larry Smith ripped off a bunch of them. So anyway, stay on hold. Brendan's going to get your name and address, and uh, if he does it nine or more times, if he says that, then uh, I will be mailing you out that subscription, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Hold on, Tim. All right. So we got a contestant, Danny, and he picked, again, nine or over. People are going with the over all the time. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> now watch. Yeah, watch. Oh, you might want to turn on your mic. It might not be on. Uh no, up one, the other one. There you go. You got it. Okay, I hit the right uh, button. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think until maybe one of Larry Smith's friends tells him, hey, <laughs> you know what you're doing? You know what those wacky guys are talking about you doing? Anyway, there should be a new issue of uh, Badger Sportsman out, isn't there, March? I think there should be, isn't there? I don't know. I haven't got I haven't... one recently. And see, and if they send them to the station here, we might or might not get them. What? La- remember la- the Someone last stealing? issue? Well, the last issues we got, we got, they were sent here. Yeah, okay. 
Now, but I see that's just we it. We got to check a box back there. No, we don't have a box. Well, let's check everybody else's box. Somebody, they I got to go. We in might some box. or might not get them. I'm, I'm going to have to call Chris up from Badger Sportsman. Nobody magazine. else hunts or fishes here in this studio. I don't know. Do they? No, I don't there's know. nobody. I don't know. Well, not Bill a, Michaels likes not to bass a fish. Single person. Oh, no, Bill Michaels. Bill likes Michaels. To... He likes to go bass fishing. I don't know if he's got the time to do it anymore, though. Yeah, that man is busy. You know, he's traveling all over the state. I don't know, but he likes to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Thank you, Brendan. All right. What, so, what else you got on your mind over there, Danny? Maple, maple, maple sugar, Tom. Yeah. Oh, this is the time when. Well, uh, this spring you want to. It's you coming ever, up. Do you know much about that? Because a little bit. Yeah, because I've been reading on the DNR website that this is the time that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they've even got some events somewhere where they're going to have uh, first week April where people can go and and they kind of show you how to do it. But I'm just interested because being as I'm a wealthy single straight landowner from Douglas County <laughs> up there on some of my land there, I've got one of the legendary deer hunts, deer spots called the Maple Knoll. Many a big deer has been shot off the Maple Knoll on my land up there. Dad once had six bucks run by him on the Maple Knoll, and he said he missed every one of them. And they all oh, went no. across the road, and yeah, they all went across the river, and a bunch of he had to hear these other guys shooting the deer, but he couldn't believe it. It was like a pack of one buck, next buck, another buck. Well, what about this maple stuff? Well, anyway, I'm the wondering how many trees do you need to make it worthwhile to tap? Can you do it with one good maple tree? No, no, no. you need a bunch. You need a whole. I, I, I watched well, a whole, how about a whole I, knoll I watched full of a, maple trees. Yeah, if you get a whole knoll full. Yeah, I watched a half-hour show on how they do it, and, and it takes quite a bit of that sap to make like a gallon of maple syrup. It takes a lot of it, yeah. So you're they talking gotta, they like, cook it down. They cook it down. So and, you're talking like 20 trees or something? Or I, I don't know. It depends on how much you're getting out of every tree. I, 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 I don't remember the specifics. I just know it. Takes a lot. You just can't go up to a couple of trees and and then don't they take it and like they boil, got they cook it down. They cook yeah. it down. Yeah, they boil it down okay. and then they they get rid of all the impurities and whatever and then it pours out. But yeah, it cooks down a lot, you know. So that sap does. There must be places that must sell it then up oh, in northern Wisconsin. This sold all get, over the place. Yeah. Oh, it's sold all over. You know, regular maple syrup once it's cooked down. Yeah. Yeah, I know a regular yeah. grocery store, but I'm mm-hmm. thinking, what if you went up north and went got it? Fresh made from some local place. Oh, yeah. Place. I'm sure you could. Yeah. I'm sure you could. I'm sure there's people who do that. And it's pretty interesting. You, you know, you're just driving a, a, a spike into a tree right. that's got a hollow. It's like a hollow nail almost. Uh, okay. But it's a little bit bigger than that, you know, about a half inch. But it's hollow, and, and it's got a, like an angle cut on it so that it goes into the tree. And that sap just runs out of it, and you got like a little bucket hanger so off of the nail So there's like some thing. pressure inside the tree then that causes that. No, it's just an opening. If if you if you took a maple tree and hit it with your machete, yeah, it would start oozing sap out of it. Wow, it would ooze sap. Yeah, but not as much as when you put one of the. See, you want to get it flowing out. You want to get that thing in further. That yeah. that thing that it flows through like a big nail. Big. What big is nail. the purpose of sap in a tree? Uh, I think that's how the nutrients are run through the whole different through the whole through tree. The whole yeah, vascular yeah. system. Yeah, right, kind of like our bloodstream. Yeah. Yeah. Something like Just that. Just like no plants. They yeah. got like a vascular system. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Fa- fascinating information maple, from Tom once you know, again. You know, maple syrup is 
is so different than like that just when you buy like pancake syrup. Yeah, because that stuff just, you get in a store, it's just that's like a processed type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's right? just corn it's not, syrup and sugar. It's know? not going to be like the maple maple. <laughs> no, exactly. Which is probably way better than the stuff yeah, you and, buy in the store. Yeah, and real maple syrup, and you can get three different kinds. There's the light, the medium, and the dark. You can get three different really three different variations of the maple syrup. But what caller says it's about a forty to one ratio. Forty to one. Yep. Forty gallons of, of of sap to make one gallon, one gallon. of syrup. Yep. Yeah, I knew it was a lot. Yeah, you got to have a lot. Oh. Yeah, but that's why it's so expensive. It's not cheap. You know, when you go to a store to buy real maple syrup, it's not cheap. Forty <laughs> to one. It's not cheap at all. Wow. But it is very good. Good on the pancakes oh, and stuff. Wonderful. Don't, wonderful. Don't pancakes with maple syrup and a bunch of like cherries or blueberries sound and butter sound like fantastic about now, Tom? <sighs> Stop it! I'm killing you, Yeah, God. yeah. I gotta. Uh, you know, Brendan's gonna go to his uh, same thing there, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, he wanted. Uh, he said you you were pretty much right. There's like spiles with caps that go into the trees. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what spiles they're all with called. Caps. I don't know what they're called. It's like a think it's like a half inch or diameter nail, but that's cut on an angle that they pound into the tree, and then at the end of it, there's like a little hook that you hang your bucket on. And every morning you dump it out. And I'm assuming but, it doesn't hurt the, harm the tree. No, not at all. And uh, after Brendan's update here, I'm going to ask him. Uh, he wrote down the contestants. That's the one thing I miss about Brendan, or I don't miss about Brendan. His handwriting is like a doctor's. No, that's that is perfect <laughs> handwriting. I have second. no idea what this listen, word is. Listen, Schmidt, <laughs> Billy Schmidt is way worse. Yeah, the he's, he's is, bad too. Is bad, and I have no idea what bad. Corey's last name is here, and I have no well, idea where Ron's. Where Ron lives. Well, good, good for you. I, <laughs> Come on, Brendan. You big sod buster. Get it straight here. Well, <laughs> a... we'll, we'll get it straight uh, after the update. Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Interstate Heating. Um, and uh, we are coming to you live from the Interstate Heating Studios as well. This beautiful, not-so-beautiful Saturday morning, Tom. Uh, it was got really warm yesterday for a while there. It got really warm. These are the kind of bone-chilling days, these spring days when it's cloudy like this, if you get a wind going, mm -hmm. and you know, that it's cold to be out on the river. You know, fishing. one thing though, you know, a lot of people, and I and I was uh, guilty of this in the past myself, that when it comes to early season bluegill and crappie fish fishing, we want to get out right away, right? We want to get out there first thing in the morning. No, you don't have to get up early. Wait until that sun comes up a while. Go out a little later on because that that extra degree or two of water temperature is going to make a huge difference. Interesting, you say that, Tom. I was watching an Indian fisherman show, and they were talking about early season. 
panfish. Mm-hmm. And they made that same exact comment that you may be better off just waiting till, you know, one, two in the yeah. afternoon when oh, the definitely. sun has had a chance to do some warming. Yep. To get things rolling. Yep. Yeah. You don't. And I've, you know, I've been guilty of that getting out early, you know, like that. And and the fish. I mean, yeah, you catch a few here and there, but they really don't start kicking well, until later. My on. brother and brother-in-law went to a Genoa off their barge on opening day, and frozen, took a beating, and left after just a couple hours. And there's lots of guys who go out on the rivers for walleyes and freeze and take a beating because you're so anxious to get mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. that uh, now. I was in Green Bay this week, and I drove over the Fox River, Tom, and of course there's Oh, now a, you're uh, driving over Rivers Reports, huh? <laughs> someone, like he used to tease me about. <laughs> someone's got to do it, Tom. It's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it, dude. Okay. So I looked, uh, and there are a ton of boats. Up on the Fox, a yeah. A plethora. Yep. An armada. A lot of boats. Mm-hmm. On the, but I haven't heard much going as far as catching based on reports that I'm reading around the state. It's not like it's going great guns. Now you hear a few reports. They're trying mm-hmm. by the O'Connell River. Mm-hmm. DNR reports said not much going on. Then I heard from a buddy of mine, oh, he's slaying them. So, I don't know. Half the time, you know. Being in the right spot at the right time with the right bait or lure. But it seems a little bit sense. early yet. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know, the best time to go fishing is when you have a chance. Yeah, granted, you might not catch too many right now, you know, in some areas at some times. But... Like you said, just being out there, you know, just getting out. Best getting the time boat to out. go fishing is when you're not going to freeze your tail off, ah, man. You just I've gotten to the it. conclusion that you know? <laughs> I'm not hardcore in it. Well, I will be hardcore in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm going to do some. I'm going to be going up for walleyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be going up, and I'm going to mm-hmm. be doing the night thing again, and it's going to be ball busting. And that'll hardcore. be f- and that'll be fun too for you. Yeah. But, you know, I, re- I remember a segment I did on our, our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin. I did it with my friend Sal Marchese. When it, we were going up to the Fox River, and it was in March, and it was cold. And I told Sal, I said, Sal, dress like you're going ice fishing. Yeah. Wear the long underwear, the wool pants, or whatever you got, but dressed warm. Because on the river, when you're on the water, it's colder than if you're not on the water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we get out there, and uh, and there, there wasn't a lot of boats out that day. Now, oh, this was in fall, I think, it, it, and it was in fall, and it was it was cold, and and in fall there's a lot less anglers out right. there, but just as many fish, but you just don't get those big egg laden females, right? right? But anyway, so uh, I catch one walleye, you know, decent fish, and then Sal catches his first Fox River walleye, and we're casting, and I can see him shivering. I mean, literally, he's shivering. And I said, Sal, did, are you wearing long underwear or anything? No. And all he's got is like a shirt and then a, ja- a jacket on and no hat or nothing. And I'm dressed, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable. He's freezing. He's freezing. And I said, hey, do you want to take a ride uh, down river towards the Bay of Green Bay? There's some spots down there. Would you mind if we just left? <laughs> and I said, no, that's no problem. Let's go. So, but yeah, see, he did not, if you dress for it, it's fine, you know, but you Got it. You got to be prepared. Brendan, what do you got there? We got Ron in Sussex with a fishing report. Oh, oh okay. Good. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Hey, Ron. Good morning. You, are you, uh, this is Ron Heidenreich, right? Yes. Yes, our illustrious sales manager, advertising manager. Now, you're in, uh, you're on Lake Erie, aren't you? Well, I just got back last night. Oh, okay. You got back? We got back, but uh, we, we had, uh, we went out, we drove out on Monday, and we fished Tuesday, and uh, we had decent conditions, 
and we, our best fish that day was um, nine pounds, twelve ounces. Mm-hmm. Wednesday was a blowout, and Thursday we fished where we probably shouldn't have because we were in four to five quarters all day. Oh, and the temperature of the air was twenty four degrees when we went out. <laughs> it got a little above freezing at the end of the day. And uh, we did manage uh, the best fish that day was eleven pounds two ounces. Oh, that's a that's a biggie! Wow. So we did not catch a lot of fish though, but uh, we we were into some big fish. Wow! But you know, Lake Lake Erie that you know that wind kicks up there and it gets rough quick, doesn't it? Well, it does. But the biggest problem is is that in the east, uh, excuse me, the western basin, the water gets very dirty. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a death wish. Oh, okay. So, you know, you got to find clear, uh, clearer water, and then you got a good chance of getting some fish right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. interesting. It's kind of like out here, right in Milwaukee Harbor. If you've had a bunch of rain and stuff, and and all, all of a sudden it turns milky chocolate, forget it. Yeah, they call it a wrap. Yeah, it's tough. Yep. Don't even bother for the trout. And, and the water temperatures was really cold. We were surprised it was still thirty-four degrees. Really? Yeah. Wow, wow. That's really, really, That's really cold. cold, man. That's cold. That's really cold, yep. Yeah, maybe you should have waited another two, three weeks, Did eh? you find, <laughs> with, with that cold water, did you have to slow down your presentation and crawl along with uh, blades or crankbaits, or what did you do? Well, we were using stickbaits, uh, uh, bandits, bandits, deep husky jerks, and uh, deep reef runners. And you want to the boards. And uh, you run your electric trolling motor at about from uh, 0.9 to about 1.2 miles an hour. Right. Yeah, you're going pretty slow then, yeah. You got to. Very, yeah. very slow. Yeah. Well, glad to see you're back safe and sound, Ron. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. All right. Bye All now. All right. Yeah, and we got to take our last break for the day. Yeah, that Lake Erie fishing can be great, you know, but, boy, a little a wind kicks up there, and, man, that lake gets rough. <laughs> you know, that's that's scary. So we'll be back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and Tommy the True Neubauer. We got Brendan on the boards today, so last break coming up. And on, uh, well, I should say that we're on both 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. to sing it <laughs> hold on let me try that again <clears throat> it's yeah. the fight i can't hit that no, high no. <clears throat> just let it a little lightly in the background yeah, and I then got you can look. turn it up it's the final countdown all right enough here that. it comes enough of that nonsense wait a minute what wait a minute wait a minute well oh. see folks you gotta excuse brendan he doesn't he's not here every week so Okay, here it goes. Turn it up. It's the final countdown. <laughs> Tom Caffey's having do, an orgasm like, over there. He's like so that, happy Brendon? about peace. That was, like, he's that was he's a lot of work for the final He's waving countdown. his arms like you're directing the yeah. New York City yeah. or something. <laughs> do you like that? Do you like the song though for the last? That was good. Yeah. For the last segment, that was very good. 
Yeah, Jeez. it is the final. This is, this is new to me. <laughs> a, you guys changing it up on me. It's the little things that make you happy in yeah, life, I guess. I guess whatever. Anyway, so yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. When talking... it comes to that pan fishing, you know, because the lakes are basically open, you know, and uh, a lot of people want to get out early. But here, here's a couple of tips. Do you mind if I go into this? Take some, we hold on. I got. I'm taking notes right here. <laughs> Put on your thinking cap, Brendan, and take no, some notes. Here's the, get ready here's the for thing. When, fish ride. when you go, when you know, pretty soon, a lot of people are going to be going out, you know, for the bluegills and crappies. You know, they're going to get out there in early April and all that. And like we said before, you don't have to get up early for it. Go a little later on, around noonish or whatever. Let that sun come up, especially if it's a sunny day. That's great. Go out, you know, on a sunny day. But here's the thing: if you go into those shallow backwater bays and whatever where you found them in the past, and they're not there. If they're if like, let's say the crappies are not there, because a lot of us go out for the crappies in the spring, okay? What you do is you go out to the closest weed line edge, and you start driving with your locator on, okay, out in that 12, 15 feet of water area. Just go in and out, back and forth to the weed line edge, go out a little bit to the drop, you know, back and forth, and then you'll, you'll, you'll see your locator light up, and that's a school of them. They're out on, they're, they're just not in yet close. I mean, there are some going to be in shallow. Some will always be in shallow. But the bulk of them are not yet. But when you can find that pot of crappies that's out on that weed line edge, oh, you're going to be in. And that's when it's really great to have a slip bobber so you can set it at that right depth, get it right there every time. You're going to be in for a mother load. Okay? It's, it's going to work. But, you know, let's face it. There are days it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, because... It, uh, you know, every, you know, fishing is not a science. It's, uh, it's a hunt, you know? So, but anyway, but, uh, the other thing too is, uh, you know, a lot of people like using minnows for crappies, uh, like using a wax worms for bluegills right. and that. If I, I use mini mites all the time, right. I use mini mites, the orange ones or the white ones, and I always put garlic on them. Okay. The yep. bait mate garlic, uh, sticky stuff or whatever, any, some kind of garlic scent on them. And in shallow water, of course, I'm using a, a, a float, some type of bobber, you know, that's, you know, set only at a couple of feet because right, you're in shallow right. water. But the thing is, is that I, if it, if the water temperature is under 55 degrees, I'll put like a waxworm on it. Yep. If it's over 55 degrees, then I don't put anything on it. You know, okay. once the water is warmed up, you don't need anything. You don't have to sit there and fool. And did I ever tell you how I tried putting garlic oil on my waxworms? You know, they get the little container of them, and I squirted garlic oil in there. never told me that story. They all died. <laughs> well, so don't do that. Known. <laughs> you idiot, Tom. It's a known fact. Waxworms are allergic to garlic oil. I know. They all what died. What were you I thinking? Like, what was I thinking? Oh, no. Let me ask you this, Tom. Uh, is there a place with all these walleye runs and rivers, is there a place where a guy could go along a riverbank, throw a Wolf River rig and a minnow out and just sit and try and catch some walleyes from shore. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. where would you say? If you're looking for big ones, I'd go up to uh, the Fox River. Uh, what's the name of that park? Uh, Voyager Park. Voyager Park, just yeah. below the dam at in De Pere there. Yeah, but that can be a you-know-what show. And yeah. a buddy of mine went up there. See, they built some new pier now yep. that went out, and he says that's wrecked it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, he said it used to happen. be, you know, guys would have to put waders mm-hmm. on and get to a spot. So mm-hmm. he had to go a little hardcore, which would mm-hmm. like thin the herd out. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going up to the Fox River. 
I have never. But I, I will never fish yeah, the Fox River there again was, ever. Yeah, there was a spot. But I'm talking about nice little like around here. A buddy not of mine, a lot. Not oh, a lot. A buddy of mine got a seven yeah, pounder he, years ago. Where? He went in one of these. Uh, what little town was it? Uh, it was oh. it was to the west of us here, and one of the ri- the river meanders. Is it the Rock or is yeah, it the, the Rock River? Yeah, there's and he a, fished there, right inshore in a yep. little town. I don't there, want trying to remember what it was. Fort Atkinson, I'm I'm sure maybe it, it is. was Fort Atkinson. They they used to have a, a park like setting where people could fish from shore. Okay, now I don't know if it's changed or not, but for for a long time, okay. people could line up along the shore, throw out their Wolf River rigs or whatever, and and catch and actually have a chance of catching fish. Right uh, over in Jefferson by the dam, Jefferson Dam, you can yep, do that too. Yeah, my buddy Jerry yeah. used to fish there all the time with yeah. long, giant, long cane poles. Oh, is that the right? Technique. Yeah. That, yeah, you got these giant, okay. long cane poles. Okay, and they get some big fish. But the problem, what happened in Fort Atkinson was people. Now they'd have big garbage containers all along this area, this park-like area. Right. People were just throwing their trash all over the ground. They weren't using the containers. So finally, the mayor out there said, "Look, you know, he put up signs. You know, if if, if this stuff isn't you know disposed of properly, we're going to close this down." People didn't care. So guess what? He closed it. No fishing. So you can't fish here no more. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's changed now, but that was uh, eh, probably about three, four years ago where they had that. Now, maybe it's changed. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, we we as stewards of our resource, and there's let's face it, it only takes a few bad apples to screw it up for everybody, and that's basically what happened out there. People were just throwing their trash all over the place instead of using the containers, and then they screwed it up for everybody. So we have to be stewards of our own areas, you know, uh, stewards of our of our the, the the river areas, you know, and the lake areas and all that. Yeah, it's too bad. Oh, and here's another thing about that early season pan fishing: use a longer rod. These guys who are out there with these little five foot little ultralights, no, 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 no. S- at least six foot, but preferably six and a half, seven foot rods. And you, you need a longer rod because you're making longer casts because right. you have to make longer casts in that shallower water. Otherwise, you're going to scare all these fish, right? Make a longer cast. You just need a longer rod to get that sweeping ability to get a better hook set. Definitely got to have a longer rod. Definitely. Those little ones just ain't going to make it. They aren't going to cut no, it. No, ain't going to cut it in that type of fishing. No. I When I went to six and a half, seven footers, I, I've seen it increase, my catch. And not only that, but you get a little bit of a breeze. You know how your line bows out one way? Right, and you know your your float, your bobber's there, but the line is floating around off to the left or to the right, depending on which way the wind is blowing. And then all of a sudden, your bobber goes down. You got to sit there and reel in a whole bunch of line before you can set the hook. Whereas if you get a longer rod, you don't have to worry about that so much. You yeah. know who we ought to contact at some point is Paul Mahalik and see what oh, he's got yeah. going on because I'm oh. sure he's going to be out targeting oh, the yeah. early season. He will be. Uh, he will be. Panfish, yeah. yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, you know what else I'm looking forward to this year is going up to the Bay of Green Bay. Now, I, you know me, I'm not a troller, but I'll right. tell you what, they pop monster muskies trolling. Yeah. Now, you oh, could yeah. troll all day long and never catch a fish, but then again, you could be you trolling for an hour. Up there. Yeah, yep. you could troll for an hour and pop a bunch of them, you know. I'd have to call our friend Dennis Radloff, though, Yeah. because he's he's the like the guru of the Bay of Green Bay, or at least used to be the guru. So He knows where to go. Yeah, just knows. call him and find out where to go. <laughs> but it is true; you can go for days and not catch a fish, yeah. and then you can have an afternoon where you got a you know eating flurry and catch a couple big ones. Yeah. So uh, I was yeah. I was watching a show last that'll week. Start, that'll huh? be starting late August. Yep. Early September is when that trolling bite yeah. starts up there. I was watching uh, some fishing show uh, last week where uh, these guys 
they they just set the planer boards out. All right, just set the planer boards out. Had a forty nine incher right off the bat. Within an hour, they had three fish in that forty eight to fifty inch range. Three of them in an hour. It's like wow. Well, I'm I'm getting excited for okay. I'm going to be doing the walleyes in April. Yep, yep. Walleyes and uh, you know, hopefully, gets, always get some ten pounders, and I'd like to get a thirteen, fourteen someday. Um, then I'm going to go and do my Smalley trip, yeah. which I've done with Horton the last, mm-hmm. uh, and we do that either the last week of May, first week of June, and go up there and just slam those big Smalley's. Oh, that's, that is so awesome. And I, 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 the goal is I'd like to get like a six to seven pounder someday up there. I got a, some fives and, and you stuff, know what? and you, you catch a whole bunch of you, three you, and four pounders. If you're up there enough and catch a lot of fish, that big one will come. There's some monsters it'll come. up there too. Yeah, it'll come. And and you'll get one eventually. You'll so, get one of those. We got lots to look forward to. Yeah, there is a lot to look forward to. We're not too far away either. And Lake Michigan out here in the harbor. Oh now. yeah, get those crocodiles and Cleos out. And you'll be catching fish. Or, ch- or browns. What, what's well, that they, other they, thing? Not crocodiles. Cleo. Uh, Cleo. No, the other one. Uh, but they troll uh, cranks out there, flicker shads and stuff, right oh, in yeah. the harbor for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I had a good time this morning. That's all I got. I hope our listeners had a good time. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You have been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supply, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Talk to y'all next week. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.